Yep. It's me. You know, we got to follow protocol. It's your boy, She Wallace, Bonzi Wells. Yo, and we are back live in effect with Let's Get Technical, presented by Ball is Life. Yeah, we down with Ball is Life, baby. So you know what it is with us, but we're back here and Today we have a, a huge special guest where one I looked up to when I was a young boy, and I know Bonzi did too as being a guard. But today we have University of Memphis coach Anthony Penny Hardaway. Yeah, coach. Man, hey, I appreciate it, fellas. You know, I got nothing but love and respect for both of y'all, man. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Glad to have you back here. And I'm and, and I'm glad to see that you're back home in your city, you know, doing great things, not only from the university level, but also in the community. Can you fill our, our fans in about the things that you've been doing over your last, what, say seven, eight years? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when, I, when I retired from the NBA in 08, I'll go back further. In 08, I came back, I had a friend who had colon cancer. He was coaching middle school in, the, in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Went back, started helping him out, ended up becoming a coach. Did there for three years. Went with that group to high school, did there for three years. And then now I'm at Memphis, but I did AAU in between that whole time. Girls and boys, AAU, oh, wow. and then now, you know, currently with the University of Memphis. But I felt like it was necessary for me to come back after I retired because my city needed me, right. you know. And, you know, I, I wanted to try to come back and make a difference, man. Just kind of jumpstart it off and kind of give the kids some, some like, a, I guess a different perspective and, and, a, and a vision of just wanting to make it out. Because where mm -hmm. I'm from, we all, we all understand, like, the humble background, kids are all over the place, just to be able to come back and just touch them, not only just give the money, but just to touch the kids and, uh, and push them in the right direction, man. That's, that's basically what I'm doing. And now I'm the coach at Memphis, and yeah. you know I'm happy to be back here. Well, Penny, man, first of all, man, it's an honor talking well, to I you, man. I've been a, been a big fan of yours my whole life, and um, being able to play in Memphis, you know, I played down here a couple of years, man, and you, you're like a guy down here. And you know, now you get a chance to coach and get a chance to touch these kids. What type of players do you look for when you go out that can really make Penny Anthony Hardaway or Anthony Penny Hardaway really eyebrow go up and be like, I need this kid? I think for me, it's the energy yeah. first. It's the energy, dog. I don't really look for who can score it. Really, I mean, you, you, you give credit for that, but it's to me who, who plays with a motor and the energy because that's repeatable yeah. to me. You know, that makes me go, wow, that kid is like nonstop energy, mm -hmm. you know, and then you start looking at the skill, you know, guys that are skilled, guys that can find guys, because that's a lost art today too. Most guys just want to shoot it. They don't know how to find guys, being a guard. And I look for bigs that want to like run the court. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just want to have activity. So for me, you know, what, what, rises, what raises my eyebrows is something that can be repeated on a daily basis. Shots, you're going to miss shots. Yeah. But energy, you can have that every day. And uh, that's what I look for. Yeah, yeah definitely. So a, a little birdie told me um, that you still actually get out there now and sometimes go through some plays or actually physically getting out there training yourself with the guys, not just, hey, do that drop step move or hey, dribble twice, ball between your legs. You're not just telling them, you're actually physically going out there and showing them what to do, right? Yeah, you know what's so crazy? I train just to be able to get out there on the court to show these guys because I feel like it's important for me to get out there with them, to touch them, to put them through. If they see me do the move, then they do the move. Now, obviously, you know, that's better than me telling a GA or an assistant coach to go out there because, right. you know, I want to show them, man. And I want to, when I recruit these kids, I say, hey, I'm going to be on the court and I'm going to show you. So when they get here, I got to, I got to do what I say I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm out there on the court and, and trying to, as long as I can, you know, be out there. 
Uh, how many ice bags? That yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we didn't talk about that part, so we got to go through the hot tub, cold tub, yeah. contrast, yeah, ice and steel, you know, <laughs> all of that. But no, nah, I like to be out there with them for sure. Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely helps. I, I know that for sure. Of course, if if I was in that same position, you know, and my coach was a, a former NBA All Star, and now here he is laced his shoes up with me and we going one-on-one -on -one in a workout, like, yeah, that would blow my mind too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what you do, man. You gotta give, I, I wanna give that back to them. Everything that I've learned, I wanna get out there and show them too, so. Yeah. I love it. So definitely, you know, Penny, um, we walked around this place. Let's talk about first class, beyond yeah, first no, class. I'm I mean, blessed. I mean, from top to bottom, when we walked through this place. I mean, it's unbelievable from the, this locker room, from the court, all the different, the, the training room, the, the sleeping area. Yeah. You got your own bed in your office. <laughs> Let, let's talk about this, the comfortability these kids feel. Did you want to create a, like a, an environment of just a safe haven for the kids to be able to come work on their craft? Is that what the, the mindset was when you tried to develop this? Yeah, for sure. The, the, the guy that built this, uh, Bill Laurie, he married into the Walton family, which is Walmart, which we all know is Walmart. Um, <laughs> didn't and we know. know how heavy Walmart is. <laughs> he put $25 million into this facility because he wanted to make Memphis known for, like we're known for basketball, so we're gonna build a building that you can come in 24 hour access, fingerprint access for you to come in here and not ever want anything when it comes to basketball, whether it's treatment, whether it's workout, whether it's basketball, whatever it is, game room, gonna put a barbershop in here. So everything that you need, they don't have to leave and they need to be comfortable just being in their own space. And yes, it's a home away from home, especially the kids that come from out of town. You know, it gives them an opportunity to come in and just man, be at home right away. So. Blessed to have this facility, man. I'm crazy to have this facility for sure. Oh man, it's, and what a facility it is. I'm not even gonna lie. Especially my part, my favorite part of it all is the uh, mannequins out there with your uniform. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and those special <laughs> shoes right there, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, it's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's, it's a dream come true to be able to retire, to be a head coach, be back home, and then to be able to have this building. I mean, they're, and then they're constantly putting money into the building, any little thing that we need. So they're showing the support. Definitely. So let me ask you this. What, what do you, as, as a one, a former um, collegiate All-American, mm -hmm. two, as a former NBA All-Star, what do you feel that you bring to this collegiate game with your guys, with recruiting and also practice and playing that other coaches, not only in your conference, or you feel as though across the country can't bring? Yeah, no, I bring league knowledge. You know, you they want to go to the league. Most of these cats that you guys are going to be coaching in this game, they want to go to the league. And if you could give them the knowledge, my job is to equip them as best I know, because we already understand what's going to happen as soon as they step through the door. We didn't really know, because we really went through the college experience. We didn't play for NBA coaches. Even though in the summertime, you had a higher, bigger advantage than us because a lot of the guys came back to Carolina or whatever, right. played in the league, summer league in Carolina and all that. But for us, we didn't have many pros. So basically, giving the kids the advantage, I call it a cheat code. When you get there, you're going to know how to run the pick and roll all different kind of ways as a big. Right. You're going to know how to rim run. You're going to know how to drag screen. As a guard, you're going to know all the passes to make the first one no pass, second one no pocket pass, hook passes, left hand, right hand. You're going to be able to read the back action guy who's tagging the big role and all that. So everything... That's all league. And then the Zoom, everything they do in the league, we do. Our, our, our system is built around nothing but NBA from developing the kids. Most of my practices, the time is for development. Yep. We, don't, we don't sit in practice and run plays. We develop the kids' skill set first, and then we feel like that's going to win us enough games. And obviously, we'll still put plays in, but to answer your question, it's just the knowledge of the league. So when they get there, 
The biggest reward for me is when my kids say, Coach, first day of practice from James or Precious or uh, Jeremiah Martin, who's with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers now, is I knew everything as soon as I stepped through the door. And that's a win-win for me. That whole NBA lingo. Yeah. That whole talk that, yeah, yeah. carries over. That's huge. It is that's huge. That's huge coming from because, again, as you just mentioned, there's not a lot of collegiate uh, coaches who are teaching that for that next level. Right. They're worried more about that program they're in right then and there. Yeah. And then, you know, most coaches aren't going to even play you the style that you really need to play to get you to the next level. They need you to be the five. You need to be the five. But you really might be a three. Right on the next level. So that's the difference. Yeah. So on, on your journey, let's just talk about the real. I mean, because we saw all the, the publications. Let's just talk about the hate that you may experience from the other coaches. And and, and I, I totally get it. I mean, you, your stature is so like when Penny Hardaway comes into a kid's house compared to Joe Blow, this a regular coach, yeah. you're going to I think people think you have the upper hand. So I, I saw some stuff during the media where people were just throwing some jabs at you. And I think you yeah. may have addressed it. Yeah. How have you started continue to handle that throughout your process to take the high road instead of just, you know, kind of playing in the mud with them? You know, man, just it's, it's, it's really weird because when you're recruiting these kids, the stuff that these kids or their parents repeat that other coaches say to them about us, we don't ever, <laughs> we don't ever have to hate on another school because we just tell you what we can do. I'll, I'll never say anything negative about another coach. But what we hear about us is don't know enough, don't know how to coach, don't do it. We've been playing ball our whole life. Ball is ball. You ain't gonna reinvent, you're not gonna reinvent that X's and O's and all that. But on this level, you're dealing with a different animal because as the kids get older, then the women come into play. Social media comes into play. It gets way more different. Yeah, a little more complications. But how I handle that is basically I just kind of just recruit the way that I know how to recruit and let the kid, hopefully his parents and him understand the real versus the fake. I call this lead, this level like used car salesman. They're gonna sell you on everything that you want, that you need. They use car salesman, man. They're gonna they're going to tell you everything you want and need but and not really get the job done. And when you get there and see that they're not what they, they say they're about, then you go, man, you know, I got lied to. A lot of these kids are saying they're being lied to. I would never lie to a kid. That's what I'm telling you. I'm, whatever I'm telling you now is what you're going to get when you get here. And uh, But, yeah, I see that all the time, and I hear it all the time, man. They're bashing my, my, uh, my program. And a lot of people listen to that because they feel like they know what they're talking about. Even announcers teaming with coaches that are talking about my program or whatever I keep pushing, man. Yeah. The, the work is going to take care of itself. And all it takes is a James Wiseman, a Precious the Chua to keep coming, and then they see the real, and then they go spread the word like, no, nah, it's not like you think it is. Right. And then when they come on a visit, they see what it really is. And speaking of Jay Wiseman, you know, that's my young fella, too. I, I like what he's doing now, um, you know, out there with Golden State. I think he'll contribute to that team well once he's healthy and up and playing. But me personally, bro, I think it might have been someone from your conference, one of these other coaches who might have said something to the NCAA mm -hmm. about that whole uh, James Wiseman um, situation with, that you had to deal with over here. Yeah. Can you elaborate on, on that a little bit? Yeah, it's, it's crazy just, you know, because we're still dealing with the NCAA. But to be honest, it was just a rule that I didn't know about when I donated money to the school. That brought that into Before play. you became coach. Before I became coach. I was just a high school coach, and I was trying to – I had just retired, and I, I gave a million dollars back to the school. Booster, right? Okay. okay. That ended up hurting me and James' situation, which is crazy, because I just tried to do something great for my school. Can you imagine giving a million dollars and then getting in trouble for it? So, basically, that's what happened, and James got caught up in the middle of it. But, man, it really crushed him because it took away player of the year possibilities. Fact. That took away being the number one pick if he really wanted to be. Still number two. Big facts. Uh, it, it took away his, his joy of the game because 
he was unfairly mixed in with something that wasn't even his fault or my fault. And it's just unfortunate that he didn't get an opportunity to play. But three games, two, two preseasons and, and one real game kind of. But he still went number two. And, you know, God, God still touched that kid. And the NCAA couldn't stop that from happening. <laughs> but, you know, that was just unfortunate, man. Yes, it was, man. J.J. Wiseman. And I like Precious, too. I like Precious, yeah, too. Yeah, Precious is the dog. But J.J. Wiseman, boy, he's whoof. He's I a like unicorn. He's, think, he's something special. I think Precious went to a great situation for him. I mean, he's an energy guy. He's basically Miami prototype type player. And he's in a great situation to be kind of like maybe like a Haslam that could be a lifer yeah. in, in, in a place like Miami. Just kind of just come put, put your hard hat, in, hard hat on and go to work every day. Yeah, no, nah, that was a perfect situation for him because he's a hard-nosed defender. He won't, he'll guard anybody. He's a high energy guy, high motor. And that's all you need to play for Pat Riley. You know, and he's in a perfect situation. His game, his offensive game will keep growing. Definitely. Yeah. It definitely will. Yeah, I like, I like pressure too. Yeah. So, so, so let me ask you about these coaching situations. Like when I see yourself being able to coach as your alma mater, Jawan Howard getting a chance to coach as an alma mater, and a job came open a couple of weeks ago in Arizona, and we were really hoping, me and she, that our brother Damon Stoudemire would get the job. Yeah, I was hoping that too. And for him to get overlooked, how do you feel as a coach that you got a chance and then you see your brothers out there not getting a chance and then he's giving to guy random guys that don't have no type of ties to the university does that make you or even burn? basketball knowledge or even basketball knowledge. does that burn you up inside or do you know what it really is yeah because i know how hard you know we were stars at our schools and damon was as big a star as anybody at arizona if we would agree um it that doesn't mean anything to them after you leave you know because to me that's the reward you know he's definitely capable if he's capable not just throwing him something but if he's capable, he's very capable, you bring him back at some capacity and definitely the head coach. And I think that that bodes well with every, every kid because it's Damon Stoudemire. He was a superstar there. He played in the NBA. How does that not work for you? You know what I mean? That should be like the, you should be promoting that. And when I see guys that are around, you know, that played the league, they have to take these smaller jobs, but their alma maters are just hiring anybody and respect to whoever, the, my man that got the job. But Damon deserved that job, and it does piss me off a little bit because, to me, I think the ADs in those situations, and thank God we had an AD that, that believed in a president that believed in me being here, sometimes they get intimidated by thinking that they have a coach that will be bigger than them because the AD is over the coach. And they shy away from it and go with somebody on a smaller level that they can kind of control, which really isn't the best thing for the school. Yeah, and that's, and that's exactly, I know Rashid went through this, but it's funny, like with my alma mater and his too, when they want to bring you in, they want to say, hey, we don't want to bring you as a coach, we want to bring you as a workout guy. Work out the kids, mentor the kids, and you're kind of looking at them like, this guy you have in here has no experience, right. especially on my level, and that's the disrespect that I know I've felt, and I know yeah. he's, he's gotten, and that's, that really sucks that they feel like that, and they look at us like, oh, you're going to work the guys out, you can't coach and you can't lead these guys. Yeah. And there was a, like a, a bad stigma on NBA players coming back because they feel like NBA players are lazy. That was, the, that was everything I was hearing, that they're not going to be able to, um, you can't control them because they, we made a ton of money. So it's like, what are you going to say to somebody that makes way more money than you've ever made? Uh, but the, 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 I think that, that that cycle needs to be broken because you need to bring, these, bring the players in and just discuss and have a conversation to see. I think that it'll... I think that we should have more NBA players as head coaches because, especially that played at their alma maters, if they want to go back and be able to touch and, 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 and take that school to another level, man, I think that happens. But it's sad that we can only come back in as workout guys and not be the coach. Fact. Fact. Yeah. And I and can't let it go too far. I got to give you your flowers here. Congratulations on uh, NIT. Yeah, no, I appreciate and, uh, it. You know, doing your thing. That's, 
That, I see that as as one small step. Oh yeah, ahead. oh yeah, you know, no doubt. We, we, like we understand, and I respect NIT for inviting us. You know, when you don't make the NCAA tournament, man, you're, you're you're like you're so hurt because that's the ultimate. That's what you've always looked up to. But to get into the NIT, you get in that thing, you want to win it, and that's a that's a springboard for the kids of of a winning mentality and a winning attitude. Say so we're winners, we're champions now. We're gonna you know take that to the next level. So I can see the energy, the different energy in the kids that are coming back since we won that. So definitely proud of that and uh, and ready to get to that next level now. Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, but I appreciate it. And, and just one quick coach, you know, we coaching. What is one of the, some advice you can give a guy like myself to kind of, when you're coaching a kid to make him believe in you? Like, what are, what are some of the things you do to help a kid that relate to the kid to get the kid to kind of start believing in you? You know, because sometimes you'll have a kid and he's just like, ah, 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 but you know, you'll know a kid that's really believing in you and really want to work for you and run through that wall for you. Yeah, I think you gotta you gotta build a relationship. You gotta talk to them. You gotta communicate with them, and you gotta make them feel like they have an opinion. Right. It can't be, man. You don't know what you're talking about. Go on. You know, they don't want to feel like that, and they want to be like, well, coach, you can go. Hey, well, what do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? How can I help you be a better you? And when you start doing that, they let the guard down and they start trusting, and you build that relationship, and then they'll run through that wall. As long as they know that you really love them, like they hear you yelling, but when you say good job, they rarely hear that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you yell at them, they go, man, why is he on me? You go, man, great job. You never tell me great job. I just did. You didn't hear me. <laughs> so, but yeah. you got to, after practice, pull them in your office, uh, even take them to eat. If you want to go out to eat with the team and just, just talk to them. Uh, have, I used to have them come to my house and, and feed them at my house just to get them to understand me away from the court. Because once they understand you're away from the court, then they'll go, oh, coach is cool. He's just really, he's a competitor. To understand Anthony, not just. Yes, yeah, not just the coach's, the right. coach's label. So I think those areas are so big because if you don't feel like you have to have a relationship with your kids, you're wrong because they're going to get in a circle and start talking about what they don't like about you or what they don't like about your coaches. And as soon as you scream or yell at them one time, then that just keeps building on. Then they shy away and then you'll be like, man, what's wrong with this kid? He just wants you to talk to him more. Mm -hmm. That's basically what it is. And, and how, how do you feel as not only the coach of a, of a major D1 school, but also a parent to be able to coach your son? Yeah, no, nah, that's, first of all, to be a major D1 coach, it's, it wasn't really a dream, but now I can just say it's, it's fun. Yeah. It, it's something that we love ball. So it just, you know, to be able to teach the game is great. But to teach my son, sometimes you have to check yourself because you're tougher on your son than yeah, you are on the rest not. of the kids. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not fair. You know what I mean? So... Avery Johnson told me one day, because he coached little Avery, he was like, coach, man, teach, treat your son like the other kids. Don't be so hard on him because he's a kid too. But you want it so bad for your son, you just, you hammer him and then it's like, man, you think about it, that's really not fair. You know what I mean? And I even found myself not playing my son in games to appease other kids, which was really unfair. And I apologized to him like, man, that'll never happen again because you deserve more minutes. You got to check yourself. But it's fun coaching your kid because you see yourself even though they can't be you, yep. they still have to be a, a great version of themselves. And you can be that springboard for them and that sounding board. But you got to learn how to take the coach hat off when you get home and be dad. Yeah. And then be the coach when you're there and treat them just like as hard as it is, just like everybody else. He can make the same mistakes as everybody else or whatever. It's certain, it's certain non-negotiables that me and my son have. <laughs> but for the majority, I had to learn how to do that because I was so tough on them, wanting them to be so successful. Yeah. Shout out to Avery Johnson in the ball. Yeah. <laughs> me and Dave got the ball. Yeah, so, so did you and your son ever do this? Because me and my son, well, I coached him, and we didn't speak for six months. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? My son, he, he's, a, he's different. 
You know, he, he is different, but I've never really gotten so tough on him to where he shut down. Yeah, okay. I've, I've snapped him a couple of times as far as like, hey man, you can't do that. But he understood where I was coming from, but then I had to just start putting things in perspective. But no, we've never gotten to that point, but I can see them frowns. And sometimes I've seen some, some chatter out there. I said something, I'm like, hold up, hold up. Yeah, that talking under the breath. He'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. I said, okay. I uh, wanted to make sure, <laughs> but he was right and I was wrong. So I was like, let me, let me just, all right, you're right. You good. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I know that has to be a, a great enjoyment, yeah. coach. you know, just from, you know, I, I wasn't even on a level with Bonzi, but coaching his son in high school, you know, it was just little uh, middle school AAU for my son, but I still, you know, he made a little bucket. It was an extra. Yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, get it, get it. So yeah, I definitely understand. Yeah, man, you see that three go up, you be like, man, go in, <laughs> go in. You know, it's like you when they miss, it's like you wanted to go in. Yeah, it's that father son love. That's all. It's natural. Five, four, three, two, one. Game is tied. Is your son shooting the shot? Or? On this team, nah, my son. He's gonna be the playmaker. He ain't shooting it. He he's smart. He understand. Hey, you the man. I'm giving it to you. He ain't trying to shoot that ball. He understand the game. Like if that's our guy, he gonna shoot it. He ain't shooting it though. Seriously, he, for me, I'm shooting that job. <laughs> I believe in me more than I believe in somebody. No else. doubt, no <laughs> doubt. But no, if he if last second shot, if we run the play, he get it. He he ain't scared to take it. He just know if I say, hey, get that ball to the guy, get that ball to Bonzi, get the sheet, he gonna get it to you. That's what I love about him though. He don't have an ego. And and, and with with all of the coaching experience that you have, starting from like you said with AAU and high school and all the way up um, till now, like. What made you want to get into it as a, as a former player? Every every former player does not want to get into coaching right. because it takes a whole lot. But what made you want to get into it, especially now, look where you're at, University of Memphis, on this D1 level. Like, what sparked that for you, though? Well, I wasn't even thinking about coaching until my friend who got diagnosed with cancer, he was going through chemo, and he asked me to sit on the bench. And I went as an assistant sitting on the end of the bench. But, man, he started getting so sick from the chemos, and the cancer started getting worse that he couldn't make some of the games and I started to become, you know, become the head coach. That's originally how it all happened. Wow. And then I just kind of lo loved the group that we started with. And then we just moved up with that group. He died, passed away three years later. And I just carried out the mission that we started right. with the kids. So I kept coaching. And when, and when this job became available because the team wasn't doing as well as it should have, fans started stopped going to the games. And I saw an opportunity where I could kind of change the trajectory of where the, where the team was going and decided to do this. But it's deep that you said I started coaching middle school and all that. I started coaching when I was in Orlando Magic, being a point guard with Shaq, Horace. You feel me? Yeah. True. Because True. you're learning the game through with all these great players. You know what I mean? So that's where it really started. And just the understanding of that. But yeah, my man's got me in there. He was like, man, let's do this. I'm like, I'm with it. And then we did it for three years together. He passed away and I just kept it going. And then we ended up, I ended up at Memphis and that was one of his other dreams was we're going to leave the high school and go on to the University of Memphis. And I did that as well. So it's like the steps were ordained or something. It just yeah. happened exactly how we talked about. Well, you, you helped change a lot of young brothers' lives out yeah, there for the positive, it. man. Yeah, and you know, I I, for me personally, I, I just want to say thank you and keep doing yeah, what man. you're doing. You know, you're a positive role model to other young black athletes out here, not just coaches, yeah. but players, you know, fathers, yeah. men as well. So man, I, you know, I appreciate it. I think it's important because it's like, they don't see too many African, a lot of the kids in the hood don't see too many people make it, right. you know, they don't. And then when you make it and you come back, they don't see that a lot. Mm -hmm. 
and then you kind of have to wear a lot of hats. I'm a friend, I'm a coach, I'm a mentor, I'm a father, I'm a whatever you got to be for them mm -hmm. to keep them on the straight and narrow. You know what I mean? And I'll be that. Yes. When I first went to the middle school team, most of my kids were in gangs. You know what I mean? So they were already affiliated in the neighborhood. And me and, the, me and my, my friend went to the, to the gang chiefs and leaders and were like, all right, these kids, we, we got a different vision for these kids. Now, we, we hope all of them kind of get out of this, but these kids, we're gonna, we gonna, we trying to get them to school because mm -hmm. their parents can't afford school. We're trying to get them in college. We're trying to keep them locked in. And that's what we did. So Came away from the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. trying to, and then they couldn't be involved. If they, if they left and tried to sneak back to it, they were to call us and we was going to get them. So we had that connection, which was cool. They have that connection, so that's that's kind of what we did. So you're talking about changing lives, changing changing mindsets. You know, we we just tried to do that. Positivity is power, man. Yeah. I say yeah. that all the time. Yeah, no doubt, it is. Well, I know we've been going for a while. We ain't gonna hold you too long, but I want to um, ask you a question. What does baller's life mean to you? Man, baller's life is it's really to me it's it's like a deep deep love for the game, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you can't, I love the game so much, man, that I would have played it for free. If the NBA was for free and never paid us, I would have played it. So when you say ball is life, to me, ball is really life whether I was paid or not. Like how many guys, you play for free your whole life in the park, you know, just Schoolyard, hooping in the yeah. park, schoolyard, all that, <laughs> and you just hoping to get to the next level when you keep going. But if the NBA was just a, a league that just played on TV and never paid anybody, I would have been one of them dudes hooping Still, so I just feel like a basketball just changed our lives forever, you know, from where we were. For better, right. You know what I mean? Right. For better. And that, that ball could change your life in a lot of different ways. And not only for the sports side of it, but the, the, the life side of it, too. Because basketball, ball teaches you a lot about real life. You know what I mean? It teaches you just how to work with other people. It teaches you. The ups and downs, you know, every day's not going to be good. The adversities that you got to hit. Because we didn't all have good days in ball. Yeah. It was some days where we were just, we cried. You know, we was mad. You know, we fought. We did whatever because ball was life. Because we wanted it so bad. And that brought the competitive nature in a lot of us. And kept it. And then brought it out at the right time and wrong times. You know what I mean? But, hey, at the end of the day, the ball really is life because of the love. And that deep love that you have for something. And that's what it means to me. Yeah. I feel you well. Penny, I appreciate it, good brother. Don't yes, want to hold you up. I, appreciate I, know, you. I know you running big things around here <laughs> trying now. To, you know. Trying to. And man, we just want to be like you. But definitely appreciate you, good brother. No, I appreciate y'all, sure. man. Love sure, man. This is big, All man. Day. For sure. All day. For sure. Continue sure. success. For sure. And no, so that with that, we just going to wrap it up. You know what I'm saying? She Wallace, Bonzi Wells. Let's get technical. Yo, y'all stay tuned. We're not finished yet. We coming live in effect from down here in Memphis. We got the Allen Iverson game. We're gonna bring a whole lot to y'all, man. So y'all make sure y'all stay tuned. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> Don't go nowhere. We got something for y'all.